Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. So good evening and welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? Episode 56. Welcome to my mind mare. We're back. I spent the last three months trying to figure out what Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? was going to become. I was trying to figure out if it was going to return to a weekly podcast or a monthly or what it was going to become. As much as I love this podcast and would love to do it weekly, I don't think it would be something that I could do right now. Besides doing this podcast, I also do a podcast called Musically Challenged with Lou Schwalbach and one called Want to Hear Something Interesting with another guy named Scott Ahern. The three of us are starting a group, a place for people with podcasts to come and ply their wares. And by that, I mean podcasts. We will start this as a place for our own podcasts, and Scott has got another podcast already in the works. We're not going to try to have a location or a group that sticks to one type of podcast. We will look seriously at each and every podcast submitted to us and make a decision based on the podcast and its creator. What do we call this? Glad you asked. The Eclectic Media Project. Watch for it. We're aiming for February or March to launch this, but who knows? It may be summer. (laughs) When we've learned more, we'll let you know. But I digress. So this podcast will become more of a special podcast. I promise to do a quarterly podcast at a minimum. But more if the, if the need arises or the chance arises. When things happen and people or things need to be talked about, that is where Whose Podcast Is It Anyway will be. We will see how this works, and if adjustments and such are needed to happen, it will. Trust me, I want to make this the best incarnation of itself that it can be. And Mind Mare. So today is a special bo- podcast. I've got a special guest here. We're at Evercon 2018. In Wausau, Wisconsin, I have with us Samantha Garrell, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, I've got a little bit of background on you here. First of all, I'd like to personally thank you for coming today. I hope we can have fun doing this, and I hope everybody has a lot of fun and gaming planned for the weekend. This is Friday of the Con, so the first day of the Con. How are things going so far? Um, going good. This is probably one of my favorite conventions because it's smaller and more tight-knit, so you okay. can actually get to know the attendees. So I, re- I really enjoy this convention. Okay, great. So I did a little research on the web and found out that you are quite active in the art world. Mm-hmm. Samantha Gorell, a.k.a. Uh, Muriel. Muriel, okay, is a freelance artist who works in illustration and concept art creation. Garel has already made a name for herself stateside as illustrator as an illustrator and now has a following overseas with her new tutorial book, Manga the Mega Guide, published by England's Search Press mm-hmm. in 2016. She was a ma- manga art teacher at the International School of Comics in Chicago. Before catching the eye of a traditional publisher, Garel, who specializes in digital artworks, developed a large fan base with her self-published works. Some of her works include uh, Once Upon a Titan, and that's do, 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 Jinshi. do, Jinshi. do Jinshi, yeah. So exactly. you were author and illustrator on that, mm-hmm. and uh, that was in 2014. No, 2013. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
You have been a Phoenix Comic Con invitee celebrity guest in 2015 and 2016, I believe? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Danger Line Comic, uh, you did an illustrator on that as well. Yes. Flower in the Anthology, and that's Flower Picture Mask, yes. author and illustrator. Otaku University Mascot Design and Illustration. Tell us about that one. Um, that one is just like an online group that's on DeviantArt, um, and it's like a really big conglomerate of people showing their art and sharing their art and kind of talking to each other about it. And so it's designed for that, and the founder of that actually approached me and asked me to make a mascot of it. So I, I did fan art, and I made, made a mascot. <laughs> so well, obviously nobody can see it. But tell us what the the mascot is um, or what it how it was a while ago. It's it's just a schoolgirl in like a blue blazer and she's got like orange hair. It's just in the manga style, I would yeah, assume. In the okay. Manga style. Okay. In twenty sixteen, like we said, you uh, published Manga the Mega Guide. And that's a tutorial book and that is for manga drawing? Yeah, it's how to draw manga. Okay. We'll get into that more later. Mm-hmm. Been to the Taiyu Khan as a celebrity guest. You have a bachelor's in science in human communication. Yep. Does that help you in art? Um, it helps me sell, and it helps me, like, know people. Uh, but I got my tutorial book contract by the time I was a sophomore in college, and so I was more than happy to continue it. I got my communication degree to help me as, like, a backup if art, like, ever failed or something happened with, like, just... I didn't want to do it anymore or something, so I wasn't just dead in the water. Okay, uh, fair enough. So, yeah. <laughs> see, so you were an art teacher. Mm-hmm. Are you still currently an art teacher? Um, no, I'm not okay. currently working with them anymore. So you have been an invited celebrity guest artist at Wizard World Chicago, Madison, and Nashville. Promotional art for AnimeCons.org and Anime Midwest in 2017. Mm-hmm. Sprite and environmental artist for visual novel... Not another Cinderella story. So what is what? Okay, Sprite. I get what sprites are. Yeah. Environmental artists, so like doing the flowers the and backgrounds. The, the backgrounds. Yeah. Okay. And then let's see. You were uh, assistant sprite artist for Packed with a Witch, which is a visual novel. Yes. And you're a chibi mascot design and illustration for Dream Spinner Press. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, you are an Evercon invited celebrity guest. Artist in 2018. Yes. It's a good way to start off the year. <laughs> I enjoy it very much. <laughs> yeah. All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, well, I'm a professional anime artist, uh, which basically means I'm a dork that sits at home drawing all day. Uh, but ultimately, I have been able to move in different directions in lots of different areas in order to bring in money and up to the point where I can support myself. So you'll notice a lot of my uh, stuff is like a publication here, uh, like working for someone as a mascot design here, or backgrounds or sprites, and that's a lot of how I end up making a living is doing this, is you really have to diversify and get bits of money from kind of all over the place. Okay. So conventions run mainly through summer, and if you're outside of summer, you need to make sure that you can still pay the bills with freelance work. Okay. Okay. So you do a lot of commissions and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Right now I have them closed because I right. get inundated. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that means she's trying to climb out of the one she's already has. <laughs> so, all right. So I want to talk today about what it takes to become a viable force in the art world, which, you know, you have. So tell us, if you will, what it takes to break into the art world. Um, well, it defines. It depends on kind of like what you mean by like break in, because every industry is very different. 
And so like the comic book industry is really different from like the video game industry, which is really, really different from like working as an anime artist at a convention. And so if you want to just be an anime artist at a convention, all you have to do is buy a table and set up stuff. Um, there's a whole different scale of whether or not you can do it full time professionally and like how many items you have if you're keeping up with the most current series and stuff like that. Um, Publishing is a little bit more difficult to get your foot in the door. Um, I know a lot of people have to know everybody. I kind of managed to get extremely lucky. Um, and like, I went cold turkey to my publisher and went, hey, do you want to do this as a book? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got insanely lucky. Usually on average, you have to apply to like 30 or 40. Um, okay. Just even no matter how good your book is, like usually like that doesn't happen. Um, so that's the, I got insanely lucky with that. Um, and again, with the the comic book company, um, the comic, uh, the International School of Comics in Chicago actually approached me when I was at an anime convention in Chicago, um, and Ben Hunziker is one of the colorists for DC, and he, he approached me there and asked me, like, hey, do you want to be our manga teacher? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, now I'm not big into to anime or manga or anything like that. I would not have realized that there are places in the country that have a degree in that or have it as part of a degree mm -hmm. you can get a degree in it i personally don't um it depends on what you're after so something like video game design you're going to want to get a degree in because a lot of times those art colleges have connections with the industry and that's a great way to get your foot in the door same thing with comic books that's something that getting a degree in your teachers your pr professors or people who already work in the industry so they can kind of help you with that door opening same thing with animation so okay. for me i just wanted to do illustration and i got lucky okay <laughs> but i probably would not have just hoped that i would have gotten so lucky okay let's take a step back now when were you or where were you when you first realized that art might be something you want to do like where how did you get into even the concept of becoming an artist uh in middle school one of those book fairs came around like the scholastic book fair um and they had like a really old how to draw manga book in it and my friend bought it and i just fell in love with the art style and it grew the same thing like over and over and over and over again like a hundred times um, and then i was like maybe i should draw a slightly different image um so i just like fell in love with it like instantaneously from then and i just kind of never stopped Okay, fair enough. At what point, I guess, did you then take it from a hobby into a career? Um, well, for a long time, like, I viewed it as, like, a professional hobby. And then, like, I'd say probably within, like, I mean, the last, like, five years. For sure, like, the moment when I got the book contract and they said, yes, we're going to publish this, I remember, like, I was in math class when I opened the email because, you know, I'm a great student. And <laughs> I opened the email and I just, like, I had to, like, stop myself from screaming in class. I ran out and I, like, screamed up and down jumping um, because I knew right then, like, I'm officially going to be a published artist. So that's kind of the direction I took when I became that. But, I mean, there's that's just the beginning. There's a long way after that initial publication kind of thing happens. Right. So walk us through that. So you got the email and it said, you're, we're going to publish your work. <laughs> what goes into that? I mean, because you've already had the book done, correct? No. 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 So you just, did you just approach them with an idea? Yeah, you send in like a submission for books. Every okay. publisher has their own idea of what they accept uh, as submissions, and they'll have like a submissions page. Some of them open accept commissions, some of 
sorry, submissions, some of them don't. So some companies will say, we're not currently accepting submissions at this time, and then you don't really do an open submission to them. But my company was accepting submissions. So they'll have like a whole page on their website that asks you what exactly they want. So they wanted like an outline of what I expected, kind of like a breakdown of how long I thought it would take me, example images, a couple example tutorials that I wanted like this kind of quality in the book. Okay. So it was it was like a full little business pitch that I sent to them. Okay. And so then they said, okay, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. How long did it take from that point to the published published book? Uh, probably about two years from okay. the point when like I got the first like yeah let's go ahead and do this email to the point where like it came out. Okay. So, so then how how do you go about putting together a, this type of a book? So it's a tutorial book. Do you just take, I guess, do you just take like different forms that you use and just break it down into a step-by-step -step or? Um, well, the, whole, the book has a lot of different sections. So there's like a section on faces, there's a section on anatomy, and it was, a lot of it was, I wanted to make a book that was for people who were already good at drawing and wanted to get better um, because I had a hard time finding books like that when I was learning to draw. I'm entirely self-taught art-wise, um, so I learned a lot by how to draw books and by the internet. So I wanted to make books that was that something that was a little bit more detailed and gave people a little bit more information, but wasn't like a science book that overwhelmed them, which is a lot of art books just completely overwhelm anime artists because it's so much realism. So I wanted to bring in a little bit more detail to it, and I asked people like on the internet, like, hey, I'm making a tutorial book. What kind of things do you guys want to see? And a lot of people said, like, I want to see a wings section or, like, an ears section. So I added those things into the book just because, like, they might not necessarily be something that, like, other people had thought of. So Okay. Now, so take us through some of the steps. So they said, yes, we're going to publish this. Did you have to do – did you have to supply them with each section as time went on? And then did they send it back to you ever and say, no, this isn't right? And – <laughs> um, so I'm Search Press's, um, I think they told me I'm the only artist in America. They're actually a UK company. Okay. So my initial response to the email was, um, hey, did you know we're in the UK? And I was like, no. Hey, did you send this to an American publisher? No. Do you still want to publish with us? Yes. Um, so most of it was back and forth emails and phone calls. Um, so yeah, I would finish like, I think like 10 to 20 pages at a time and I would send them over to my editor and he would add in like the text in the proper format. He would format them properly and then send me back the images and like what the, the final book like proof would look like. Um, and that was before it went to like the graphic design team. So it was basically just the content that we were dealing with. Um, and he would take my words that is me being you know a dork writing and then he'd make them prettier and I was like oh thank you uh, so, um, that was very helpful but yeah there were there was a lot of like back and forth of like hey can we adjust this or like mm, that image isn't quite right can you give us another one that like fits this page better or like a lot of that kind of thing okay yeah okay at any time during this whole process, did you ever just like want to throw up your hands and be just like, no, it's not worth it? No, I really wanted to publish a tutorial book, <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed the process. Like, it's it's long and you have to be patient, um, but I was never like frustrated with it. Okay. Did you at least garner a trip to the UK out of this? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met my editors or my salespeople. Um, I've been on the phone with them a lot, and I email back and forth, um, but I haven't actually been to the UK okay. because of it, yeah. So how is the book selling? 
Um, it's doing pretty well, especially seeing that it's my first book and I'm a first-time author. Um, my like editors told me that they're hoping to keep it on as like a flagship book, um, so I'm hoping that's a good thing. If okay. they don't do like the big boom that you would expect, they just kind of do a slow and steady rise, and then they just kind of stay there, and that's what they wanted. Um, is they're not like tutorial books aren't the kind of books that just like are like novels where they just like explode. The, right. The, what right. happens is they just kind of like end up being there a lot and if either for a long time either they stay there or they they just kind of disappear so okay yeah so without getting too in depth for somebody that would want to publish a book what are they looking at as far as financial gain like do you make a percentage of sales or how does that work um well it depends on your publisher usually you get like an advance which for just like you'll get a chunk for like signing so a lot of times you can make money based on just signing book deals um, and then later on once that advance is paid back by your royalty gains based on sales then you get additional royalties on top of that okay so okay. a lot of it depends on your publisher and their initial you can also like argue that up after you've been selling well for a while or that kind of thing but um, it depends on what you're looking for. So if you just want to have a book and you don't necessarily want to be traditionally published, um, you can make your own book and then sell copies of your own book. Okay. And you would see probably a faster return on it. But it's what you're after. For me, it was like the the money does help, but I just wanted to do it. So. Right. And there's there's so many different avenues to publish books now. Mm-hmm. You can self-publish through you know a, a bunch of different like Lulu and places like that. Now you have done some self-published books Mm -hmm. and with those, how did you go about doing that? How did you go about the printing and the editing and all that's involved with the self-published book? Um, I just used a software called, uh, it's called Manga Studio or Clip Studio Paint. Um, and it's set up so you can do like manga or comic book pages in mass. It's beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, and once you have them all finished and done, you can just take them to a printer. And that's what I did. Oh, okay. They're not like super like professionally done or anything. It was just I wanted a book and I sold the book online through my like online store and through conventions. And that, that's how okay. I published them. Okay. And are those, are those like more manga storybooks? Okay. They're fan, the, the first three are just fan fiction in the form of comic books. Okay. They're just me being a dork. <laughs> and I guess that's one of my questions, because a lot of times you'll go to conventions and you'll see people that are doing artwork, and they'll be using characters from an anime or or a movie or whatever. What are the laws that surround that? I mean, how close, or do you have to change the character slightly, or... Um, so how it works is fan art is technically illegal because you're using someone else's copyright. Um, however, a lot of companies will allow that so long as you're not intruding on what they consider their profits. Um, some companies, a lot of Japanese companies, are okay with it so long as you're making small amounts. So like if you're getting to the point where you're making like $20,000 a convention, then they're probably going to send you a cease and desist. Um, but they have to send you a cease and desist. Most of the time, though, you won't get stuff. Companies like Disney, DC, Marvel really don't like it um, because because their licensed artists actually are at conventions and you are taking away from something like that. Um, when I'm selling anime fan art, the original artist doesn't get anything that could possibly be at a convention. They get work from like the manga and the publications that are sold in Japan or throughout the world. Uh, but I'm not taking anything directly from the company. They sell to they sell licensed merchandise to vendors. So I'm just in competition with the vendors, but those vendors are still buying the merchandise. So, so on the con convention or on the con circuit then, have you run into people that are like selling the licensed stuff that 
have issues with what you're doing? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, like, the licensed merchandise, people don't care, because anybody who's going to buy the licensed merchandise are going to buy it anyway. Um, so, fan art doesn't really interfere too much with, like, vendor sales, because people want it. So, like, I'm not selling plushies. Right. Um, so, like, and, like, even the people who are selling, like, plushies and stuff, they're not the same as, like, the owned, the, like, licensed work. Um, so as long, it, it depends on the company. So I've received like a, a cease and desist for one of my things that was on the internet and I took it down. Um, and that's all. They're not like asking to be, they're not trying to be mean. They're just like, Hey, can you, you can you stop that? And you stop. Um, I, I suppose if you don't deal. stop, that's when they start getting mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess, is there anybody in the audience here that might have a question? Let's, let's start with that here. Anybody got a question for Samantha? Why don't you come up and stand up next to the mic and give us your first name and ask your question. Hi, um, my name is Brenton, and I was wondering, what are like some specific uh, manga or anime artists and series that influenced your style? Um, I'm really inspired by like a bunch of people online and stuff. Um, and like I absolutely love the Studio Ghibli stuff and like the backgrounds in particular. I just got a uh, Kazuo Kazuo Oga book and he's one of their main background artists. He does everything by hand. Those really beautiful painted pictures. Uh, I got that for Christmas. So he's one of my favorites. Um, a lot of like uh, artists for like the you know the big video game companies, CG style stuff like that. I'm really inspired by, and then obviously like anime. <laughs> so uh, it's just kind of like I take from a bunch of different sources because there's not one thing that I like latch onto. Um, stylistically, you can see my style's kind of in, in between. So I'm I enjoy like learning from both realism and true anime. Hey, can I ask a few more questions? Yeah. Okay. Um, in like some of your uh, contracted work, or um, have you ever found yourself? being in a situation where you just absolutely hated the project that you had to work on? <laughs> uh, absolutely. It depends on kind of the situation. There's a bit a bunch of times when I'm just like, I'm really just not enjoying this artwork. Um, and sometimes that depends just like, I don't enjoy this particular piece that I'm working on or something. Like, even my prints that I love that I'm, I'm doing for myself, every once in a while I've just been like, I hate this picture. I hate everything about it, and I just throw oh, it out. I, I totally so that, understand that. Doesn't, that. It doesn't go away ever. <laughs> so, so to piggyback on that question, have you ever had a commission that you've turned down? Yeah. Is it And what reasons would you give for turning down a commission work? Um, well, most of the commission works I'm just, like, either too tired or something like that. Um, or, like, I can't draw it well. So, like, I don't really do monsters and stuff like that. Or, like, if someone was like, hey, can you do, like, this mech only? Like, can you draw me a Gundam? I'm like, I can, but I'm probably not your best choice. Or, like, something like furry art where it's, like, it's just not my style. I've been like, well, I can do it, but I'm probably not the best artist for that because, like, I'm going to have to relearn a style entirely. Um, but most of the time I just don't have them open because when I do have them open, I just get inundated and I'm, then I'm like, I can't do any of my own art. So okay. most of the time I turn them down because I don't want any. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. You have more questions? Um, one, not entirely sure how like this would be considered relevant, but say somebody wants to be a character designer. I mean, what well, you said about sitting at home and drawing all day, that's basically my personal fantasy. Um, <laughs> it's not as fun as you might think. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I know it probably would be. Um, I was uh, wondering, like, I'd love to be like a character designer. This is going to sound kind of silly, but I want to design monsters for Power Rangers. No, that's totally awesome. 
Like, what do you know what I might have to do to get into that industry? Yeah. Uh, well, if it depends on what industry you want. I don't know much about like the film industry, um, but I can tell you about like video game concept design and stuff like that. And I do know that like monsters, weapons, and vehicles are one of the things that they're usually hiring for very frequently. A lot of people want to do character work and background work. So if you want to do monsters, by all means. Yeah. Um, but if you want to get in, get into like an industry industry, I would recommend. So like I do freelance, but if you want to like go in every day or something like that, or just constantly work for like a big company, I would recommend doing like an art school specifically for it and not like a, just an, a regular school that has an art program, but something like SCAD that like obsesses over what it. SCAD? South, Carol South Carolina Art Design Institute or something? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're like, they, they're a specifically art college. Okay. Um, so stuff like that, go like look into something like that. Or just go really ham by yourself and draw like crazy. Like every so, day, like, study everything. <laughs> so like, you know, I have this idea in like on my Tumblr, which I'm eventually going to get around to posting stuff to. I was, I have like this idea. I just want to like pump out design after yeah. design, which, you know, it's going to be hard. But I'm figuring no, like. That's what you should do. Yeah, I figure like, you know, it's going to. Pump out design after design after design after design. And eventually, even if they're not good when they start, they will be when you've done so many of them. And there's websites like, uh, I think it's ArtStation, where like there are actually like companies like Blizzard and stuff, and they're lo looking at people's portfolios on there. Mm -hmm. And like you can find like just basic like postings on like job websites so like raven software cod the makers of cod they post online when they're looking for people um so like it's not as difficult as you might think it really helps to know somebody but if you've got a really solid portfolio and you know what you're doing you can get a job pretty solid i would highly recommend looking into things like um zbrush and maya they're really really uh, popular in, in that kind of industry right now the 3d thing versus just 2d um that'll make you a lot more competitive in the industry all right thank you so with when you're talking about going to you you, you use deviant art i know that is that a good place for people to get feedback on what they're doing it's a good place to get feedback yes and um, you have to ask for it um and you kind of have to ask people to be gently depending on you know because anybody on the internet can go like really hard um <laughs> or, or if you want the or, internet it depends on your personal no, everyone on the internet as nice as can be what are you talking about <laughs> the internet is one of the most exactly. places on the planet so everyone it, it on the internet on lives you. in peace and harmony Okay. For me, I like people to be really aggressive with feedback um, because that's how I improve. I want somebody to just be like, that is really messed up and you should fix it. You should feel bad for drawing that hand that lazy um, because <laughs> that fixes me. And people are like, what are you doing? That makes it better for me versus like, a, oh, that, that looks okay. You should kind of nudge it. I'm like, tell me what's wrong with it. Like, just tear it apart. I want like everything to be like Simon from um, uh, what is it? American Idol? I want everyone okay. to just yell at me. <laughs> so when you when you're asking for feedback, know your personal limits on mm -hmm. what how much criticism. Because yes, not can everybody take. can take that much criticism. Right, yeah. right. Anybody else out there have a question? Hello, my name is Scott. I have a few questions on a very wide range of topics. Um, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that when you were doing your tutorial book, you solicited feedback. Uh, from people online about the different things they'd like to see in the book. Mm -hmm. Where? DeviantArt. 
Okay, just is it a, a forum? Um, DeviantArt is like a gallery plus forum website. It's a gallery plus like social media. So you post stuff online and people can like see it and comment in it and follow you and stuff. And then you can see like everybody else on the pages and look through people's like favorites and stuff like that. It's, it's a social media plus portfolio website. Okay, second question. When you are drawing, given that a lot of the stuff you're doing ends up online do you prefer to go old school with paper and either pencil or ink or whatnot or uh, are you more digital drawing on a tablet with a particular type of software um, the book is done almost entirely uh, traditionally with you know paper and pencil it's done with copic markers um, which i really loved but about two years ago i became obsessed with digital so almost all of my work now is digital and I do like, you know, the big tablet online and all that. So um, digital does have the benefit of allowing you to work at a higher resolution. Um, sometimes like no matter how big I draw that picture, it could be, you know, difficult to scan and I just won't get the level of detail when I go to print or when I go to put it online. So I really like that digital allows me to get like a really high level of detail without having to like work like crazy to scan something and then edit it over for like 10 hours. So I like that. All right. And then my third question. Have you ever received any negative feedback or pushback for being female? Mm, not really. Um, actually, most artists in the anime art community are female. Um, in fact, like nine times out of ten, like the girls who are in Artist Alley, like doing anime, are like girls about my age. Um, I get a little bit of pushback if at, if I get like go to like comic book conventions, which are predominantly like older men. Um, but like it's not like negative. It's just like oh, you're an anime artist. It's not necessarily like you're a girl. Like because there's a lot of females that are really cool and are really famous in the the comic book industry. So it's not like they have anything against females really. So you'd say you get more pushback because you're an anime artist than for being a girl. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, anybody else? Hi, I'm Dawn, and my only question, side eye to everybody else, um, <laughs> is because you put stuff out on the internet. Um, so you're obviously going to be familiar with people, you know, doing the right click, save as, and then posting it on Facebook or on Tumblr, and maybe not giving credit as to the images. How do you, as an artist, feel about that happening? as much as it does all over. I'm not a fan of it happening as much as it does, um, but honestly I think people go a little too crazy mad about it. When it does happen, I usually just send a private message to somebody and be like, hey, can you either link me or take this down? Like, I'm never like, oh my god, you just like destroyed everything. I never go like really angry. I don't make public like call out posts or anything like that. I feel like that's a little excessive. I know there's a lot because, of artists that do. Yeah, usually. <laughs> don't go super saiyan. No, usually because it's, it's just like nine times out of ten, it's like a 13 year old who really loved the picture and wanted it on their blog. Like, so that's not the kind of person you want to go ham on. Um, I've, I have had to go a little bit more aggressive towards like people who like actually rip my art and then print it on a, a picture, print it on a pillowcase or on something and are selling a copy of it. Um, and those people like, again, honey rather than vinegar. And you just go, hey, I'm the original artist. Can you please take this down? You don't have permission to be selling this. And like, I've only had one not respond. So, like, most of the time, people will just think, go, oh, sorry, we didn't realize this was a fan work, we'll pull it down. Usually, if you if you just kind of, like, approach people politely, it goes away. But I know there are a lot of artists that have a lot harder time with it. There were a couple um, vendors at a few conventions that were 
stealing other people's art and printing it and selling it as yeah. their own. So that just made me think of that. So. Well, that's what gets you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Thank that, you. That actually kind of blows my mind that people would do that and try to get away with it. I have seen some stuff on like, you know, little like things on Facebook or something where somebody's like, I just drew this, blah, blah, blah. And somebody's like, well, actually, this was drawn by so-and-so, you know, kind of call them out kind of thing. But, I, you know, somebody might ask me to draw it again. <laughs> then I'm really out of luck. All right, Al. Hello, uh, so Al here. And so you've talked a lot about manga in the episode today. So for people maybe who aren't familiar with manga, because, um, I mean, I, I know from the geography of our listening audience, a lot of it's like Canada, the U.S., the U.K. So maybe for people who don't know much about manga, how does manga differ from, like, your traditional Western-style comics that you see in, like, uh, you know, like Marvel or DC, aside from, like, just the visual and the, you know, the artwork and the art style? Um, well, the, the stories are really different. So, um, like, a lot of the stories in American stuff tends to focus on, like, heroes or something, like, a little on the lighter side. Every once in a while, like, you get the really nice dark comics that are focused on something a little more deep. Um, anime, a lot of it is, like, fighting style or, like, focused almost entirely on romance or, like, something like that. Um, it tends to be a lot more, like, large groups that like fight a lot or like they're like, you know, one party goes like to go fight off like the, the villains or the bad guys um, rather than focused on like a single main character. So that's a really common thing. It tends to focus more on individual emotions of characters as well, where a lot of the like superhero stuff tends to focus on like all the awesome action that's happening. Um, a lot of anime and manga focuses on like the individual feelings of each character and how they're expressing those. So that's one of the big differences in stories. So like anime or I'm sorry, manga, manga, manga. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar a little bit with anime. Never got as much into the comic stuff, but so that tends to focus more on the emotional side of things as opposed to just going in there and punching a bad guy or blasting him with lasers or whatever. Yeah, they well, still do all of that. Of but... <laughs> we also got to focus on how they're feeling. Yeah. There's there's plenty of action, don't get me wrong. It's just uh, the comic, the American comic books tend to focus less on it versus anime, which tends to focus more on it. Okay. I like both. <laughs> now, one thing I noticed the few times that I've looked at a manga book is they're written backwards. Mm-hmm. Is that just a carryover from the fact that it's Japanese? It, do they do they read that way? Yes. Okay. Because that always threw me off. I always had a hard time. That's one of the reasons I never got into it, because it was like, I couldn't... Is it hard to write that way? Once you get used to it, like, I've, I've been reading manga since I was, like, you know, in middle school, so it actually feels weird for me to pick up a comic book. I pick up American comic books, and it's backwards, and then they're like, oh, it's not a manga. And it's, you know, um, so, like, She's like, it's not a manga. It's just something you get really used to. No, I have them. I have a bunch on my shelf. Okay. I'm friends with a bunch of them. I own their comic books. Okay, <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's go that way for a little bit. So you're a fan of, yeah, of manga. What are some of your favorite mangas? Um, oh, my God. Uh, there on are spot. so many. Uh, <laughs> it's really difficult to, like, think of which ones are my favorite, um, especially, like, trying to think of ones that are, like, good. Um, like, Yu Hakusho has probably been, like, one of my favorites for a long time, um, and that's, you know, a fighting anime. Uh, it's a lot of, like... You know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, again, same way. Um, it's a lot of, like, the big muscles, like, four or five guys go fight stuff, and it's really fun, and they're dorks, and I like that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. 
So, now, I did read one manga one time. I sat down, and I made myself read through it, and that was Vampire Night. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that one. Um, they were going to make a movie, but I don't think that ever happened, or a cartoon or whatever, you know. But anyway, uh, so then let's jump to American comics. What are some of your favorite American comics? Um, let's see. A lot of them are, like, random ones that I've read. That's okay. <laughs> um, because I bought, like, individual random ones from stores, or, like, I know the person who made them, so I bought theirs. Um, so stuff like that. Um, I really I really like a bunch of the stuff from, like, Michael Turner and, like, a lot of, like, the Batman versus Superman kind of stuff. Um, I find them really interesting. I, like, also, like, of course, I like, like, the Wonder Woman, Supergirl kind of thing. I love, the, like, the Amazonian kind of feel. I really like the works there. Okay. Did you see the Wonder Woman movie? Of course. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, I liked okay. it. Okay. I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, I was never a Wonder Woman comic book guy, but I thought the movie was pretty well put together. So, I don't know. Where do we go from here? Um, I was hoping for more of an audience. Anybody else have any questions at this point? Any more questions? Fucking mention stories. Oh, I do, but it's probably not a great idea. <laughs> Actually, that makes it sound like a wonderful <laughs> idea. <laughs> that actually makes it sound like a wonderful idea. <laughs> convention stories. Uh, let's start with good convention stories. Something that happened at a convention to you that you were just like astonished by or astounded by. Um, well, I'm always like really astonished when people like know who I am when I come to the table. They're like, "Oh my god, I love your book!" And I'm like, "Can I hug you?" Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I deserve it. Uh, and I, I'm very, I, I'm very appreciative when I do find people who are like, "I've been following you for like years on DeviantArt. I'm such a fan." And I'm like, "I'm gonna hug you. Come here. We're best friends now." <laughs> so, like, I don't feel like I, I, I have earned that. So that's something that's always like really, really sweet. I've had fans bring me like um, fan art, like from drawings that they learn to do in my book and um, so I've had have them bring me those um, I had a girl once bring me like a little plushy cat that she made um, and I have all these drawings up like on a bulletin board on my on my desk that's really cool that you know it's always nice when you when you find an artist that actually likes the fact that people recognize what they do and and, and stuff a lot of times and I don't know about anime artists because I don't know a lot of them uh, you'd be probably one of the first uh, <laughs> But, you know, a lot of times you get big names and they kind of become those big names. So the fact that you appreciate the fact that you've got fans that do these kind of things, that's that to me, that kind of raises you up, you know. <laughs> All right. So now bad con stories with it, you know, within reason, we, we do have a, a rating, we have an MA rating on this particular podcast. But, uh, you know, it, nothing that would make you feel uncomfortable telling us, but... Okay. Well, I won't tell you, like, any any people in particular or any, like, locations in okay. particular. Because, um, I mean, that a lot of it is not, like, a convention staff's fault or something like that. Um, so, obviously, like, there have been times when, like, girls under 18... I, I had a friend who, there was a girl under 18, ended up in a R18 panel, um, and he tried hitting on her, and there was some bad trouble. <laughs> um, so that, that wasn't great. Uh, he, like, ended up... 
doing some fun stuff there, so we had to, like, backpedal, obviously, very quickly. Um, let's see, I have, I was telling you earlier, uh, it's kind of weird every once in a while, you'll, have, you'll be sitting at a table, and someone will walk up and look at your stuff, and you'll say, hi, hello, how are you? And they'll just continue staring down at the table at the artwork, and I'm, like, obviously trying to make conversation, and, you know, but they're, like, purposely ignoring me and just doing that. Um, so that's, that's kind of fun sometimes. Um, I've had, let's see... I've had trouble with, like, traveling. I'm not a great flyer, so, like, I always end up, like, super freaked out if I have to fly to a convention. Um, nothing too crazy on that one. I try to avoid, like, the super crazy stuff, because I'm not, like, a big partier or anything. Um, like, I know a lot of the, the artists go out and, like, party together, um, and I just go back to my hotel room and eat pizza. Uh, <laughs> so, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of crazy stories, just because, like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, a little bit more on the quiet side in comparison. I like to just kind of hold up somewhere and draw, so. Have you ever had one of those reversal moments when someone that you're a fan of comes up to you and says, I really like your work. It happened at, um, what was it? It was um, Wizard World Chicago. Um, it was kind of not so. Um, so I did a panel with Mark Hurley, who is another manga tutorial book artist. Um, and I actually read his books, Learning to Draw. Um, so to be on a panel with him about making books um, was really cool. And we ended up like best friends. And like when I was talking, he was like, so I, I told, talked about like how I got my my first uh, my first book contract, and he like looked at me and was like, "Wow!" And I was like, "You're impressed by me? Oh my goodness!" So <laughs> we, I was like, "Oh, thank you." And he's like, "I really like your work." And I'm like, "Dude, like, <laughs> I do not deserve it." And I, I was I'm a big fan of his, so I was, uh, it was it was really really cool to be able to meet him and have have him like my stuff too. Well, that is a neat story. Now, what's the biggest convention you've done? Uh, Anime Expo. Okay. Oh, that's another story. <laughs> oh, I hear another story. Let's... <laughs> um, I was late on the second day of Anime Expo, and Anime Expo is like, I think, when I went, it was around 200,000 people. Um, it, it's probably bigger now. Um, but this, this story was around 200,000. And I was late, and it was my first year at Anime Expo, so I didn't know that there was a backdoor entrance for vendors. Um, so when I was late, I ended up there right as Artist Alley in the vendor hall was opening. So I got to the front of like this massive crowd that's crowded into the building, and, and when it opened, I was literally shoved up the stairs. So that was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the really, really big ones can be not fun sometimes just because like they're not as tight-knit. That's why I mentioned I really love this convention, because I can get to know people as people. Anime Expo, you don't really have time to like even talk to the vendors. You feel like you're pushed because you're standing in the aisle. Yeah, yeah. With this convention, you're probably tomorrow, Saturday will be the big day and, you know, 1,500 people usually in a weekend, something like that. So it, it is a smaller convention, but it's been around for a long time. It's a lot of people are, you know, people that keep coming. So, um, all right. Well, I think this is probably a good place to wrap this up. We will uh, go to a couple things here. So you ever wonder to yourself, how do I let this guy know how much I like or hate this podcast? Or think to yourself, man, I have a great idea. To, I'd love to be a guest on the podcast. Well, you're in luck. There are two ways for you to reach out to me. First, send me an email at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com and leave me a message. Or if you're more into the social media stuff, you can find me on Facebook at POI Network or at whosepodcastisitanyway.com. 
Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. And we'll end this episode like we end every episode with a quote of the day. So, of course, as children, we all, in all cultures and societies, learn behavior from observation, imitation, and encouragement of various kinds. So, by the suggestion made, we all pretend most of the time. Any suggestion? Anybody got a guess on who that is? I'm going to go with Fred Rogers. Wrong. But Fred Rogers is a good, a good uh, guess. No, Gary Gygax. So, with that, yes, Scott, you have a shirt with Gary on it. Way to go, man. Uh, with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you very much, Samantha, for coming on. And uh, we're going to call this one done. <laughs> you have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.